Welcome to Catholic Connection with Teresa Tamio, keeping you connected to your faith and your world. Teresa tackles the issues of faith and culture, the pro-life message, and media awareness. And now, here's Teresa Tamio. Well, we're having a beautiful Tuesday morning. It is pretty nice, but cold here in southeastern Michigan. should not be a surprise because we're still in the middle of winter, February, Tuesday, the 20th of February. And the second week of Lent. Hope you are doing well. We have a great show lined up for you today and some very exciting news. We've been talking about our next La Dolce Fide trip. Deacon Dom and I do this every October. This is our third annual. And this time we are going by request and popular demand. So many people over the years asking us, when are you going back to the Amalfi Coast? And we are doing that this fall. A great time of year to go. But we have some big news in terms of how you can save a lot of money per person in the next couple of weeks. We have a deadline coming up of March 1st, so you have about two weeks to take advantage of this. And we'll talk about it. I highly recommend you do so. I've been getting some emails in terms of when are you going, what's the trip look like, what's the cost. Uh, We've got a great price and so much included in this very special trip to the Amalfi Coast. But we're also doing the East Coast of Italy. So technically it's Italy coast to coast. We'll be on the Amalfi Coast and then over in Puglia for Padre Pio, St. Michael, and much, much more on the East Coast. And I'll give you all the great details when we get to the Two Cents segment at about 8.15. At the bottom of the hour, we are going to be checking in with the pastor of St. Mary's Parish in Ann Arbor, of course, the student parish for Michigan. And Father Kyle is going to be joining us. He's been with us before, but they actually have the relics of one of the North American martyrs, St. Jean de Brebeuf, will be stopping at St. Mary's Student Parish in Ann Arbor coming up on Sunday, March 3rd. It's a free event. It's open to anyone from the area who might want to join in. And what a great opportunity. Now, it will be great for students, of course, the Catholic students here on campus or others who may be interested in the saints, but also anyone in our area interested in venerating the relics. And we'll have Father explain the difference between what the Catholics mean by veneration and worship. We are not worshiping bones. We are not worshiping anyone but God. We don't worship the Blessed Mother. We ask for her intercession. We ask for the intercession of the saints. So what are relics and where do they come from? It's actually very biblical and goes back to even pre-Christianity if you look in the Old Testament. So we'll talk with Father Kyle, and he's a pastor of St. Mary's Student Parish in Ann Arbor, and he'll join us at about 8.35, 8.40. In the second hour of the program, I'm so excited. My dear and longtime friend Chuck Adica is going to be joining us. He is going to be on EWTN's At Home with Jim and Joy Pinto this week. I think he's taping two shows. It's his first time down in Birmingham, Alabama, or Irondale more specifically. And I'm so excited for him because he's been very busy sharing his reversion to the Catholic Church, as you know, uh, joining us on a number of programs, including Crest in the Afternoon, Catholic Connection, numerous times. But this time he's going to be sitting down with Jim and Joy and talking about rebooting after retirement. What does your retirement years look like? What do they look like? Do you just want to play golf or hang out at the beach? Hey, that's fine if that's what you want to do. Go for it. But Chuck seems to think that the Lord is calling us, if we have time on our hands, to do something super creative and to continue to use those talents. That's his opinion. He'll share it with us. And so he's going to be with us to talk about his ideas in terms of what retirement, not really retiring, though, what might look like for you as you get to that point in life. And Chuck and I are uh, in the mid-60s. I think we're the same age, actually, or Chuck might be a year older than me. But you know, retirement for me isn't really retirement. I have no intention of retiring unless the Lord calls me to do something different. But right now, I mean, um, as long as God will allow me, and we were talking about this at World Marriage Day over the weekend, I hope to be on the air for a long time. My idol is uh, Joan Lewis. She's 84 years old. (laughs) Or should I say 84 years young? That woman has more energy than 10 Energizer bunnies combined. She is amazing. She still does a radio show a Vatican show uh, based on you know things happening in Rome. She does live hits for Jim and Joy for their program, the same program on which Chuck will be appearing. She writes columns. She has a great blog. She's busy in Rome doing all kinds of special interviews. We should all have that much energy. She just loves what she does. And so, you know, what is God calling you to do as you get to the point where the first part of your life in terms of your working career And maybe you want to do something completely different. So we'll talk with Chuck about that. And then wrapping up with the amazing Dr. Matthew Bunsen from, of course, EWTN. He is the editorial director and VP. And he's going to be joining us as a follow-up to a story that was breaking last week. 
Catholic news agency is reporting that the German bishops have halted a move toward establishing their own synodal council, and they did this at the Vatican's request. I, I think it's kind of a surprise move. I don't know. We'll get Matthew's expert opinion. So he joins us to wrap up the program at 39 minutes past the hour. So that's what's coming up. We have Father Kyle from St. Mary's Student Parish, opportunity to venerate the relics of one of the North American martyrs. And you know what's interesting? I read up on Jean de Brebeuf. I think I'm pronouncing it correctly. He was a first Jesuit missionary in present-day Canada. And what he went through in terms of bringing Christianity to Native Americans in Canada, just incredible. I mean, obviously he was one of the martyrs, but he kept coming back. He was called back to France by church officials, but his desire was to get back to Canada, or New France as they called it, to really try to spread Christianity. And what they went through, not only Jean de Brebeuf, but the other North North American martyrs, even before they were martyred and died horrific, painful deaths, what they went in terms of bringing the gospel, (coughs) excuse me, should make us really stand up and take notice. We think that we have problems when we get you know, uh, ghosted by our friends on Facebook or email or all electronic communication or when someone gives us a dirty look or criticizes us for our faith or our opinions. Yeah, well, read the lives of the martyrs, especially the North American martyrs, and I think it'll you know, make you take notice and realize that what we're going through, although it's very difficult right now in terms of the culture, well, these martyrs are great examples of that no matter what happens, we have to keep preaching the truth in love. So, again... Really looking forward to that interview. And if you get a chance, maybe in your prayer time today, you can look up the North American Martyrs. It'll give us all something to think about. So Father Kyle, Chuck Gatica, and Dr. Matthew Bunsen. Let's take a look at the weather. 28 and partly sunny right now. For the most part, clear going up to 50 today. All the way up to 56 tomorrow on Wednesday, the 21st. On Thursday, 50. The rest of the week looking very mild across southeastern Michigan, at least. We have 23 degrees for Friday, a high of pushing 50. Again, sunshine. Cooler on Saturday, 34. It's kind of wacky. Friday, we go up to 48 and sunny. Saturday, all the way down to 34 and sunny. And then Sunday, all the way back up to 56 degrees and sunshine. And then Monday, again, sunny and 55. Rain moving in and even warmer temperatures next week on Tuesday. A week from today as we wrap up. February already, can you believe it? 62 and cloudy with some rain showers expected. So keep that in mind, 35% chance of rain next Tuesday. But again, comfortable temps Wednesday, 58 degrees and partly cloudy. And the last day of February, again, very comfortable, 43 and cloudy. So in the next week or so, folks, at least in southeastern Michigan, we are looking at very mild temperatures and nothing to worry about, thanks be to God, at least now regarding storms or what now different situation on the west coast for those in california heavy rain snow and strong winds continuing to impact that state a pacific storm according to the national weather service with atmospheric river will continue periods of heavy rain mountain snow and strong winds across much of california through today and locally considerable flash urban and small stream flooding impacts are possible along the uh, transverse uh, regions in southern california And then several feet of heavy snow likely above 6,000 feet in the Sierra and far northern California mountains. So they are in for some rough weather, and we'll have an update on that in the news. Again, here in southeastern Michigan, it is 25 degrees and going up to 41, so not bad. A little misty out there, but for the most part, we have clear skies. Wherever you're listening, we know we have tons of people listening online or on their app, on their phones. We hope you're having a beautiful day so far and that the weather is comfortable. It is 8.09 on a Tuesday morning, 8.09 Eastern Time, February 20th, 2024. You are listening to Catholic Connection, a co-production, of course, of Ave Maria Radio and EWTN. Let's get started with the news on a Tuesday. The Supreme Court of Alabama ruling Friday that frozen human embryos conceived in in vitro fertilization or IVF are in fact children with human rights under state law. Catholic Vote reporting the Justice Jay Mitchell citing the wrongful death act of a minor. He wrote that the state law applies to all children born and unborn without limitation and regardless of their location. 
He also referred again to that amendment, which was added to the Alabama Constitution, the Sanctity of Life Amendment, in 2018, after voters approved it by a wide margin. That amendment, stating that Alabama acknowledges, declares, and affirms that it is the public policy of the state to recognize and support the sanctity of unborn life and the rights of unborn children, including the right to life. A letter co-signed by a group of international peace-building and human rights organizations with years of experience in the occupied Palestinian territories now pressuring the United Kingdom's prime minister to demand to stop a stop to the Israeli offensive in Gaza and a call for a ceasefire there. In an interview with Vatican News, Janet Sims of the humanitarian arm of the Catholic Bishops' Conference of England and Wales says their organization is among 22 humanitarian agencies that have co-signed a letter addressed to the Prime Minister asking him to pressure Israel into agreeing to a ceasefire for Gaza. We're asking the PM to take immediate action to increase the pressure that the UK is putting to shift their positioning. At the moment, they are talking in terms of a ceasefire, but it is something that they're not talking about as needing to be immediate Um, From our point of view, we need to start with the cessation of hostilities, and then that creates the opportunity for negotiating and creating the the opportunity for additional humanitarian assistance to be able to come into, into Gaza. It also will create the opportunities for the release of hostages. And despite the difficulties humanitarian actors face in entering Gaza, Sims says the organization is providing support through established local organizations. Rome's catacombs open to the public for free guided tours and moments of prayer and reflection on Saturday, March 2nd. This is part of the 7th edition of Day of the Catacombs. As Catholic News Agency reports, a press release circulated by the Pontifical Commission for Sacred Archaeology, the event sponsor announcing the theme for this year's edition of the Day of the Catacombs is From Remembrance to Prayer. Observance that the Pope wanted this year to be dedicated to prayer, the press release going on to note, this event fits into the preparatory journey to the Jubilee of 2025. The press release emphasizing that visiting the catacombs is an opportunity to experience an encounter with the memories and testimonies of the first Christian communities of Rome and that they remind us of the people, events, stories that are extremely significant and important event for the present. Pope Francis is urging global leaders to push for peace in Sudan and northern Mozambique where a Catholic mission was set ablaze. As Nathan Morley reports in the Vatican, the Pope launching that appeal on Sunday after praying the Angelus with pilgrims in St. Peter's Square, recalling that 10 months have passed since conflict broke out in Sudan leading to a serious humanitarian situation there. Sudan has been witnessing brutal armed clashes between the Army and the Rapid Support Forces, or RSF, since April 2023, with the two sides accusing each other of initiating the conflict. Now the Army, or SAF, have advanced in Omdurman for the first time since the war with the RSF erupted. Omdurman is regarded as the twin city to Sudan's capital Khartoum, which sits on the opposite side of the Nile. On Sunday, reports from the country suggested the SAF had joined their peers in the engineering corps in the south of the city where they've been surrounded by the RSF for the last 10 months. The clashes in Sudan have left more than 25 million people reliant on humanitarian assistance, with 8 million forced from their homes, including 1.6 million people who have fled to other countries. Last week, the UN Secretary-General's personal envoy to Sudan embarked on renewed engagement to try and end the fighting between the government forces and the RSF. The storm that hit other parts of Southern California over the holiday is now coming to the San Diego area this afternoon into tomorrow morning. Heavier rain rates of a half of an inch to three quarters of an inch per hour. And some locally higher rates are definitely possible if we uh, do manage to get a couple thunderstorms overnight. Tuesday night into Wednesday, definitely if there's going to be a thunderstorm that we see overnight, that's going to definitely increase the potential for some heavier rainfall rates as we go through Tuesday night into Wednesday. Brian Adams of the National Weather Service saying the rain will be moving from the north county into southern San Diego County over the course of the day. Areas near Orange County could see around an inch and a half of rain, while parts of the South Bay could see around an inch. A flood watch remains until 10 o'clock tomorrow morning local time. Police are releasing surveillance photos of the three suspects who robbed a Gucci store at gunpoint in Manhattan. 
It happened around noon yesterday at the store near West 14th Street and 9th Avenue in the Meatpacking District. Police say one of the suspects pulled out a gun and the trio stole items worth more than, get this, $50,000. The suspects, two men and a woman, took off in a black Honda CRV. No injuries were reported. And Paul DeCastro tells us an MTA worker is in the hospital after another attack on the subway in the concourse section of the Bronx on Monday night. Police say an unruly passenger on a southbound 4 train threw an unknown substance at a 48-year-old conductor. That employee was taken to the hospital and is expected to make a full recovery. It comes less than a week after another MTA employee was attacked on a subway platform in lower Manhattan and commuters are on edge. I don't feel safe and it's, it's really hard and um, it's, it's sad when you hear these incidents. The FDNY says 64 felony assaults have been reported in the subway system so far this year. A student is hospitalized after an officer-involved shooting at a school in Texas. Police say the shooting happened after a student brought a handgun to the Pioneer Technology and Arts Academy, a charter school in Mesquite that's east of Dallas. Information was obtained that one subject entered the building with a firearm. Officers responded and attempted to negotiate with the subject. During the process of negotiating, an officer-involved shooting occurred. Mesquite Police Sergeant Curtis Phillips saying the student with the gun was wounded. No one else was hurt. The private school is for middle school and high school students officials evacuating students to a nearby church after the shooting. Congress is heading home for a two-week recess as a clock is ticking to fund the government. Lawmakers are not expected back on Capitol Hill until February 28th. Two days before the March 1st deadline to fund some government agencies. The remaining agencies must be funded by March 8th. Republican presidential candidate Nikki Haley gearing up for a speech later today on the state of the presidential race. She's set to deliver the remarks in Greenville, South Carolina at noon Eastern time. The speech comes just days before the former South Carolina governor is set to go head-to-head with former President Trump in her home state's GOP primary. No further details have been provided about Haley's speech, but polls do show Trump holding a wide lead over her in South Carolina ahead of the weekend primary. And Nikki Haley, meanwhile, says she would pardon former President Trump if he's convicted of a crime during a Fox News town hall Sunday in South Carolina, where she served as governor again, obviously. We just mentioned that. An audience member asked her about a possible pardon for Donald Trump. I believe in the best interest of bringing the country together, I would pardon Donald Trump. Because I think it's important for the country to move on. She said she'd make the move so that Americans could, in her words, leave the negativity behind, adding she doesn't want the country divided any further. Trump is currently facing two felony indictments. And Phil Hewlett tells us tech companies are agreeing to fight artificial intelligence-generated election misinformation. A group of 20 of the leading companies, including Microsoft, Meta, Google, OpenAI, Anthropic, Amazon, and Adobe, have signed a pact to police the rising problem on their platforms. AI-generated content has quickly led to serious concerns about election-related misinformation, also known as deep fakes. Capital One Financial set to acquire Discover Financial Services in a massive deal. The acquisition set for over $35 billion all stock. Capital One reportedly plans to keep the Discover brand. NASA looking for volunteers to spend a year in a simulated Mars habitat. The plan is for four people to live inside a 1,700-square-foot simulation at NASA's Johnson Space Center in Houston. Those who end up inside will have to work to keep things running, grow crops, and work with robotics. And finally, in our new segment at 818, on a clear morning in southeastern Michigan, 26 degrees right now. If you love pizza and live in Manhattan, you might want to ask for a raise to pay for your favorite pie. The city has the most expensive pizza in the United States, according to the real estate website Clever. The average price for a piece of pie in New York, actually it's the price of pie, a whole pie, not that it makes much difference, 28 bucks, $28.60 for pizza. It's so much cheaper in Italy. We'll explain up next. But anyway, Chicago coming in in second place at $27.68, followed by Orlando at $25.35. You know what a pizza costs in Italy, even in Rome, or in Umbria, where Deacon Domini hang out? Like 7 euro or 8 euro, depending on what you get on top of it. I'm not kidding. So affordable. Speaking of which, if you do love pizza, we are going to be visiting... The place of the original pizza. 
the Amalfi Coast, the Sorrento area, Naples area. We're going to be in Pompeii. We're going to go to a great pizza restaurant there and explore all kinds of different pizzas. It's going to be amazing. We have a sale, and you know me. T never met a sale she didn't like. It's a pretty big deal. I was just telling our general manager uh, before I went on the air this morning about the announcement because, of course, this wonderful trip, La Dolce Fide, The Sweet Life of Faith, is co-sponsored by T's Italy and Ave Maria Radio and Corporate Travel. And we've come up with a beautiful third annual trip to the Amalfi Coast area and also Puglia. And as if that weren't enough, wait, there's more, as that Ginsu knife commercial used to say. That's how old we are. All right, we'll be right back. More on the annual Adolce Fide. And by popular demand, we are going back to the stunning Amalfi Coast. We'll explain up next. My dad, sharp as a tack, but getting him out for a dentist trip got harder every year. When he moved to the senior residence where he lives now, Dr. Mansour's portable dental service was a godsend. Dr. Mansour comes to wherever the homebound patient may be, whether in a nursing facility or the comfort of home. All the services you'd expect in a dentist office brought straight to the patient's door. Call 586-873-5567. That's 586-873-5567 or portabledentalservices.com. St. Karen Catholic Church in Shelby Township invites you to hear Catholic artist Matt Ma live on July 30th at St. Lawrence Catholic Church in Utica. Tickets go on sale March 1st. Visit stkieran.org for tickets. For questions, call 586-781-4901. Like St. Karen on Facebook and Instagram and to stay up to date with all upcoming events. That's stkieran.org. Ave Maria Radio invites you to feast on the joy of fasting this Lenten season and all year long. Fast from thoughts that weaken. Feast on promises that inspire. Fast from problems. Feast on blessings. Fast from thoughts of illness. Feast on the healing power of God. Fasting is a part of true Christian life. It liberates us from this world as we grow closer to Christ. At K. Ruse Jewelry, you're more than a number. Tony K. Ruse, a master diamond setter with 45 years of experience, will take the time to listen to your jewelry design idea and work to create the perfect custom engagement ring, anniversary gift, or even do complex repairs. You can expect heirloom quality jewelry that will shine for generations to come. Visit K. Ruse Jewelry at 504 Main Street in Belleville next to T-Mobile or call 734-444-2323. Non credevo possibile si potessero dire Compared to, you know, Volare and a couple of other popular songs that are played often, you know, uh, from Italy. People love those particular songs that are very popular. That one I chose because it's different. And we are on a different itinerary this year about which I'm so excited. So that song, by the way, is called the Al di La. And it's from the charming 1962 film starring... Troy Donahue and Suzanne Plachette. It's really quite a lovely film. It's called Rome Adventure, and they meet in Rome. There are two American students studying in Rome. They fall in love, and they travel around Rome, and she's pretty serious about her chastity. So it's actually a very good film to watch, 
And considering what was happening in 1962 with all the big, you know, push for contraception and everything, you know, before um, Humana Vitae came out and all of that, it's actually a very nice film to watch and how she was determined that she was going to be uh, making sure that she was saving herself for her marriage. And they ended up, well, I don't want to tell you the end of the movie. It's really cute. But if you want a nice film, if you're planning to go to Italy anytime soon with us or anybody else or just on your own, it is called Roman Venture. And it's starring Suzanne Plachette and Troy Donahue. I always try to find these kind of like unique old films about Italy because they're so romantic. Three Coins in a Fountain is another good one that actually was just on the movie channel last week. And I caught it again. And it was so funny because at the end of the movie, they all meet at the Trevi Fountain and there's nobody there. There's like not a soul in sight except the actors in the movie, which is completely so unrealistic if you've ever been to Rome or Trevi Fountain in particular. Okay, I digress. We are so excited to work with Corporate Travel yet again. This is our third annual Adoce Fide trip, and even more excited that we can send you a nice chunk of change. And I mean a nice chunk of change. So let me put that out there first, because I've had several emails, people asking me about this trip because of the locations which we're visiting. I'll explain in a minute. But we have a deal right now, 250 bucks per person you could save if you reserve by March 1st. So you have just over two weeks. And so when are we leaving? And where are we going? So we are leaving at the end of October, and I'll explain why. October 26th to November 4th. Now, the weather is still gorgeous and very gorgeous all over Italy in October. It's beautiful. And when you get further south, because the Amalfi Coast is about three and a half hours of Rome, from Rome, south of Rome, you're going to have temperatures in the 70s, okay? Usually highs around 75. If it's cool, it's probably be around, I don't know, 69, 70. So it's gorgeous. But the most important thing about this, and this is huge, is because you won't find the crowds in late October. It'll still be busy, but if you were to go even in early September and over the summer or even in the springtime, May and June, forget about it. You literally will not be able to move. As a matter of fact, we were uh, back in Italy in the fall, and we were hanging out with John and Kristen Hale. They were coming into town for a Vatican event, and we met them at the hotel where they were staying on the Tuscan coast, and we were talking to some of the Americans that were visiting, and one American gentleman told me that he had just left the Amalfi Coast, and this was in early October, last October, and he said, I was so glad to get out of there, he said, because as beautiful as it is, you couldn't even move on the Amalfi Coast. And it's an entirely different experience, because when you're on the Amalfi Drive, you can't go anywhere. I mean, unless you go by boat, which you can, but again, if you have a car and you want to zip in and out of the towns, you need to have wheels whether it's a bus or a, or a car your own vehicle because many of the towns are tucked here and tucked there and while you can stop at those towns and get off with the ferry then you will need transportation depending on where you're going after you get to the particular area of the coastline anyhow october is a gorgeous time to go and we're also doing another insider thing is we are staying just outside of sorrento which is a gorgeous city and is the gateway to the Amalfi Coast. We will be visiting Amalfi for the Tomb of St. Andrew. We'll be visiting the beautiful town of Ravello, which is above the mountains overlooking the ocean, the Mediterranean coast, and the Gulf of Naples. And then we're also going to be visiting my favorite town, still probably I would say my favorite town in all of Italy. It's called Priano, and it's in Campania along the Amalfi Coast. But unfortunately, many people just whisk by because it's right there on the Amalfi Drive. And you literally go right through the heart of Priano. But what you miss is what's below and above in Priano along the Amalfi Drive. And so we're going to be having a reception there, visiting some friends of ours that I know in Priano. Very romantic area. Just gorgeous. But wait, there's more. So we are doing basically an East Coast, a West Coast and East Coast tour. Starting, I believe we're starting uh, with the Amalfi Coast, which usually makes sense because you get to Rome and it's about three hours south of Rome, a little bit further to go to uh, Puglia from the airport. Now, the cool thing about this is there's so many other things to see on the Amalfi Coast. I don't know how many people know that the relics of St. Andrew are at the beautiful cathedral of St. Andrew in Amalfi. So we'll be having mass there. We'll be, again, as I mentioned, visiting the stunning mountaintop town on the Amalfi Coast of Rivallo, going to Priano. Uh, we'll be spending some time on the coast and the hotels that we're looking at right now. We've picked, we've narrowed it down to two. We keep going back and forth because we want to get the best price for you. But they're so beautiful, and they're in a very quiet area, quiet area, and they're little beach towns. 
Okay, so we'll be just outside Sorrento, which is absolutely gorgeous. Now, after that, we are heading over to Puglia. And one of the things I always tell people when I consult on Tees Italy, and if you're interested to hear more, TravelItalyExpert.com, is don't just, not just, but if you're going to Puglia to see the amazing Cave of St. Michael, which is an approved apparition site of the church, absolutely stunning, in the Gargano town, which is a white town, a whitewashed town, way, 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 way on top of a mountain in Puglia, about 15, 20 minutes away from San Giovanni Rotondo, Padre Pio's place, is to see that, see the Cave of St. Michael. Yes, go to venerate the relics of Padre Pio. Go to see his amazing hospital and the incredible, beautiful work he did for that part of Italy. And his hospital is known around the world now for the type of work that they do. So go see that, yes. But don't just limit yourself in gorgeous Puglia, which is the heel of Italy. Move further south, and that's what we're doing. We are going to be going to the coastal town of Puliano Amare, one of my favorite places, which is, again, just magical. Looks like you feel like Snow White and you're walking into these towns. You're just, it's just crazy, like a fantasy fairy tale. And we're also going to be going to Aburlo Bello for the Truly Houses, these very unique cone-shaped houses. We're going to be visiting the tomb of St. Nicholas in body and also learning how to make the Ordicchietti pasta, the little ear pasta with the women of Bari, which is a famous thing. They literally make the pasta in the streets. And we're going to go to Matata, the ancient civilization of Matata, which is off the charts, phenomenal, one of the most ancient areas in the world, and a famous location for movies and for Hollywood to film huge movies, including some of the Bond movies, the James Bond movies, but more importantly, The Passion of the Christ was shot there. And they actually will show us where the crucifixion scene was done. So we're going to be having a great time on the East Coast in Puglia, on the West Coast of the Amalfi Coast, and right now we're offering $250 off per person by March 1st, October 26th through November 4th. And October is a beautiful time. It's the technically the off-season, although from now on, being as busy as Rome is, it really is no, or Italy is, there's no off-season. So again, October 26th through November 4th, you'll be in a very comfortable, beautiful bus. We, you don't have to worry about anything. Literally, and this is why I tell people, if you've never been to Italy before, do a pilgrimage. Everything is worked out for you. We'll have all the information I will be providing along the bus. If you have a free night, like if we're on the Sorrento coast and we have a free night for a meal, or even in Puglia, wherever we are, We've got a ton of meals included and some special events. But you don't have to worry about wandering around looking for restaurants because Deacon Dom and I have been to these places many, many times. And so we'll be able to tell you where to eat if you have a free night. And it's just crazy. I mean, the hotels are, are great. You don't even have to go outside the hotels. They all have wonderful restaurants. So it just depends on, you know, if you're tired, just want to stay, maybe get a pizza. Oh, and speaking of pizza, since we're talking about pizza today, we're going to be going to Pompeii. I forgot to mention Pompeii, the ancient ruins of Pompeii, which is crazy amazing. And then we're going to have a, an amazing pranzo or lunch at a famous pizza place in Pompeii and experience the real pizza. Not the stuff they make here. Sorry, it's not real pizza. Unless you're at a place like Cantoro's, that's completely different, but I digress. Anyway, so we are going to experience the real pizza and then the real pasta and lots of other great things. So La Dolce Fide Pilgrimage. We are going to be doing the coast-to-coast tour, the Amalfi Coast and the Pugliese Coast, starting October 26th through November 4th. And please don't forget, we're offering you a great sale right now. If you book by March 1st, $250 per person early booking. So if you're a couple going or two friends, that's 500 bucks. That's 500 bucks you could use maybe to buy some gifts, some beautiful relics. I mean, some, um, some articles. You can't buy relics, excuse me. But religious articles is what I meant to say. Maybe a nice purse or maybe a nice gift for a grandchild or something. Or maybe just treat yourself to some really nice meals. But you don't need 500 bucks to do that because the food in Italy at the restaurants is pretty cheap, let me tell you. Anyway, $250 per person for the early booking. And you need to get your deposit in by March first. And we'll be reminding you of this, but this is an amazing opportunity. We had a lot of interest Sunday night at World Marriage Day, our dinner there. We had the flyers and people were asking questions and we have four people that already said they wanted to sign up. This is a very unique opportunity to see both the Amalfi Coast and the Adriatic Coast of Italy. Just absolutely stunning. 
and so many unique stops. I am all about letting you see the big places, yes, but if you want to experience the real Italy off the beaten path and really immerse yourself in the culture, please come with us. Deacon Dom and I have been to Italy a gazillion times. I've been there almost 70 times. He's been there probably 40 or 50. And we've spent a lot of time there. As a matter of fact, I ask for your prayers. I'm uh, working on a new book all about Italy. And I'm hoping that I can get an agreement from a publisher very soon. That's how much I love Italy and I love to write about it. And the book is going to be dedicated to off-the-beaten-path places. So yes, you'll see the big things. But you'll also get to know Italy in a very intimate, personal way. And meet some of the people that we've met over the years who have become fast friends. So please join us for our third annual Adolce Fide trip. We have an early booking savings, 250 per person, to be received by March 1st. All you need to do is to call Corporate Travel. Their local number is 313-565-8888, or you can go online at ctscentral.net. You can also see this on my page at teresatomio.com events. It's on my Facebook page. You can also call them at 866 468 1420. Best thing to do, I think, is go online, ctscentral.net, or email me. I'll put you in touch with uh, the people that can book you right away. But you can save 250 bucks per person on La Doce Fide, Amalfi, Ravello, Pompeii, Sorrento, Puglia, Padre Pio, Matera, Bari, St. Nicholas, and so much more. We hope to see you on the bus October 26th in Bella Italia, 250 per person. Our early booking savings just announced. Get that in by March 1st if you're going with a friend or with your spouse. That is 500 bucks or more if you're bringing family. We'll be right back. Stay tuned, and we'd love to see you in Bella Italia. Compliments of Corporate Travel, Ave Maria Radio, and Tease Italy. Stay tuned. She said, Let those saints come marching into our lives indeed. We need to take them off the shelves and embrace them and their ministries and learn more about them. And this is what's going to be happening and has happened before, of course, at the wonderful parish of St. Mary's. It's a student parish in Ann Arbor at the U of M campus on the phone with us. Father Kyle Shinseki, he's a pastor, a really great opportunity to venerate the relics of a great Northern American martyr. As the skull of St. Jean de Brebeuf will have a stop at St. Mary's Student Parish in Ann Arbor coming up in just about two weeks. Uh, Father Kyle, good morning. This is uh, quite something to have one of the North American martyrs with you. Yeah, good morning, Teresa. It, it really is exciting. The, you know, the relic of St. Jean de Brebeuf's uh, skull typically is at the Martyr Shrine all the way up in Midland, Ontario, which is kind of not very far for us, but to have this opportunity to have the martyr. Uh, relics here with us in Ann Arbor is just an amazing opportunity for us to learn more about this Jesuit and to learn more really about relics themselves and, and our veneration of relics. And so I'm really excited. It's, we're part of a tour that's going across 16 different states across the country wow. from February 9th to March 6th. So that's really, I'm really glad that we can have a stop here in Ann Arbor. So how do they go about choosing when they take the relics of a saint and, and you know, allow people to venerate them around the world, whether it's in a particular region or just in a particular state or country? How do they decide what churches they will be visiting? Yeah, I mean, in this case, really, it, it was um, a collaboration among the different, we have four different provinces in the, in the United States of the Jesuits, so they worked at the Martyr Shrine to identify different sites across the country. Really, this tour is focusing uh, a lot on Newman Centers and campus mm-hmm. ministries across mm-hmm. the country to really introduce the, um, you know, the Catholic practice of veneration of relics to this new generation, and uh, also, to, to be quite honest, to promote vocations to the Society of Jesus is part of the idea behind it. Well, yeah, let's talk about that, first of all, in terms of the importance of, of exposing young people to this. Because this is open to anyone, because anyone can come and venerate yep. the relics, uh, but you're on the, on the student campus there. But why is it important for young people to learn about this, Father, do you think? Yeah, I mean, I, I think, one, I, uh, you know, just for them to learn part of the, the history of our church. I mean, this is a beautiful part of our history of how the, the faith came to, to this part of the world. You know, the, the, 
These first Jesuits, St. Jean de Brebeuf, came from France in 1593 and worked among the Huron or the Wendat people and learned their language, learned their culture, and uh, introduced the faith here to the land that we currently live on. And so I think for people to understand that history is really important. It's part of our, our roots here as Catholics in, the, in, in North America. And, um, you know, as well, understanding this tradition of veneration of relics and how we honor um, our saints through uh, praying um, before these relics. We don't pray to the relics. I think some people are often confused about them, that, but really that the relics are a really physical, tangible reminder that we are connected as part of this communion of saints, that these are real people that, that lived among us um, that are now saints in heaven interceding for us. Well, and also I think it's very interesting if you look at, it, and, and we've done this in, and, and, in great detail on, on Catholic Radio to explain, that you can see several scripture verses related to relics, especially in the New Testament. And it's quite interesting to share that with people. I think they're quite surprised that there are some references to bones in the Old Testament as well. But we see, for example, and I'm just taking this from the Gospels, and I'm reminded of this because last night we had a wonderful presentation by the Magic Carpet Theater at his feet, Women in Scripture. And one of the scenes that they did was the hemorrhaging woman who touched the, the robe of Jesus. And so there's other references to relics and whatnot or, or touching something or being next to something that was on a, on a saint or, or was a first class, second class, and there's all that explanation we can get into if we have time. But this is a, a beautiful tradition in the church that dates back a very long time, correct, Father? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the very early Christians, you know, uh, reverenced the physical remains of the, the Holy Ones from the, the very first century of the Church when they were worshiping because of the persecution of the Church in catacombs, where they're right there in the presence of, of these relics of these very first martyrs of the Church. Yeah. And let's talk a little bit about St. Jean de Brebeuf, because, wow, uh, what a witness. I mean, I was saying at the top of the hour to introduce our segment that we may get a little bit shaken when we have an argument with someone over a faith issue or when they don't receive our message very well, if we're trying to witness or if we're ghosted by a friend of ours or if we're you know, um, unfriended on Facebook because of our faith. And yet what the North American martyrs went through is just incredible. And so many of them kept coming back. I mean, for St. Jean de Brebeuf, he was actually ministering in what they call New France or Canada, and he kept coming back. Yeah, I mean, he was initially sent uh, here in 1625. Then he was, at the end of the French-English War, he was forced to go back to France for four years after he had struggled, you know, for a number of years to be able to learn the language and um, get to know the people and their culture. But he, he decided to come back, even though he knew of the dangers that were that were clearly present from his first time here. But he came back and then was able to minister for another 16 years. And over that time, he composed catechisms, he composed a dictionary or a grammar in the Wendat language, and uh, converted 7,000 souls to our Lord. So, I mean, and he persisted, even though he was accused by some of the medicine men, for example, of creating a smallpox epidemic, and, um, and there was increasing threat of the Iroquois people, Iroquois people of course, which uh, ultimately led to his martyrdom. Mm-hmm. And he was only 46 years old when he died. Yeah, yeah, yeah but spent 20 years in New France. So half of his life almost is dedicated to catechesis for for this part of the world. Yeah, and he really had an, I mean, it was what, for me, he was a huge man, literally, like he was so large in stature. There's a story that they, when he initially was going to go on mission, they didn't want him to come along because thought he would sink the canoe that he was going to mm-hmm. be in. Um, but, you know, they insisted, and, and he was, even though he was a large stature, he was known of being a very gentle, person being very gentle in character and having a heart of a giant. And, in fact, he said to his, uh, ultimately, fellow Jesuit and fellow saint, St. Isaac Shogues, uh, I have a quote here from him who said, you must love, he said to him as he was about to be missioned to New France, you must love these Huron, ransomed by the Son of God as brothers. And that's mm. that's really the love that he brought and his desire to share the, the, the good news of the gospel with them. So you mentioned you're hoping in part, in addition to this is an opportunity to strengthen our faith and learn more about the saints and the North American martyrs in particular, you said you're hoping that this could be an inspiration for vocations. Now if you look at, at the way he died, he was martyred and went through incredible torture before uh, before he was killed and, and he died in a very very um, scary frightening way and, and that I'm wondering if would that push people away from thinking about a vocation to the priesthood or draw them what do you think well you know 
I have to be honest, if I go back to my own story, as, as I was before I was discerning even, I had attended a retreat by this Jesuit from Spain, and he would say in Spanish, Los Jesuitas van a donde nadie quiere ir y donde más peligro haya, which are the Jesuits go where no one else wants to go and where the greatest danger lies. And at least back then, <laughs> it was quite inspiring to me to imagine being part of a religious order that had this courage and conviction. And, uh, you know, I, I think for me, it, it, over time I had to pray with that, you know, do I have that courage? Can I be, uh, can I live up to this, this amazing tradition that we have as Jesuits? And when I was a novice, in fact, we went to visit, um, I was only a month or two into my time as a Jesuit wow. novice when we went to the martyr shrine and I visited this relic of the skull of St. Jean de Brabeuf. And I remember it being very moving and to see that this, this is a real person. This is not just a story of a hero that we read about, not some legend, but this is a real person that lived, that faced the same struggles that we do as, as Catholics, but, you know, God gave him the courage to, mm-hmm. to not only to, to, to witness with his life through his martyrdom, but really to, to give his entire life um, for the sake of, for God and, and, God, and, this, and these, these souls that he was able to bring to our Lord. Well, I think we can identify in the sense that we are living through a lot of white martyrdom right now, especially in this yeah. country, as opposed to red martyrdom. Yet in other parts of the world, for example, in Africa, it's definitely red martyrdom, and, and we yeah. see what they're going through. And yet... Oh, who was it, Tertullian, who said the blood of the martyrs is, or the, is the seed of the faith? And, uh, yeah, and you look exactly. at the explosion of the faith in Africa, right, and the mm-hmm. dedication, people walking two to three hours to, to get to Mass, and, and so many vocations that are coming from that part of the world. So, Father, you do have a schedule for Sunday, March 3rd, for uh, venerating the relics of this North American martyr. Go over the schedule for us, if you would, before we let yes. you go. Yeah, so, yeah absolutely. Mm-hmm. So, again, it's St. Mary's Student Parish. We're at 331 Thompson Street in Ann Arbor, and it'll be on Sunday, March 3rd. We'll have veneration from 7 to 8 p.m. Sunday night, and then we'll have a student mass with the the relic of St. John the Rebuff present from 8 to 9 p.m. And after that, we'll have a presentation um, on St. John the Rebuff from 9 to 10 p.m. So again, from 7 to 10 p.m. Uh, on Sunday, March 3rd. And if you want more information, there's a website, rebufftour24.org. And that's rebufftour 24 uh, number 24.org. Amber Buff is B-R-E-B-U-E-F. And B-R-E-B-U-E-U-F. So, uh, and again, uh, Father, will you be doing the presentation or someone else? Uh, no, there's a Father Eric Immel will be coming to join us. Uh, he's part of our vocation team uh, of the Midwest Jesuit, so he'll be doing the presentation. He's been part of the tour, part of the organizing team of the tour. And this is open to anyone, even though obviously we're hoping a lot of students show up, and anyone can come, right? Yes, absolutely. Uh, all are welcome to, to join us and um, to learn more about this martyr and to venerate his, his relics. Yeah. Well, if you think about it, even though it, uh, his death was, was a while ago in terms of the history of, of, of the martyrs, because it's so close to home, Canada being so close to Michigan, I think a lot of us can relate, and it, it might make it, I think, at least somewhat more familiar. But in addition, would you recommend that folks, if they are planning to attend, and I hope they do on Sunday, March 3rd, maybe read up on him a little bit, do you think? Yeah, no, I absolutely encourage them to, to read up on him. I mean, he has, it, there, you know, has really a beautiful, beautiful story of his courage, but also his generosity, his beautiful heart. And so I encourage people to learn more because, you know, again, I think that makes that connection that much more real. We, when, as Jesuits, uh, as novices, before we went to visit the martyr shrine, we actually prayed a novena to the North American martyrs as an anticipation for our visit to the uh, to the shrine. So I encourage people to really take some time not only to learn about him, to, you know, but pray uh, through his intercession as, as um, they prepare for this visit. Yeah, absolutely. Father, thanks. You always do such great, unique things for the students there and for others living in the Ann Arbor and southeastern Michigan area. I really appreciate it, all that you do. No, oh, you're welcome. Yeah, I'm great, grateful that we have this opportunity. I hope it's packed because I, I love the saints and I, I just think they're such great witnesses, as it says in Hebrews, right, that great cloud of witnesses. I don't think we take advantage of them enough to get to know them. Again, we've been chatting with Father Kyle Shiseki, and he is a pastor at St. Mary's Student Parish in Ann Arbor, Michigan. And we have information, of course, on AveMariaRadio.net about this event, but it's the St. Mary Student Parish in Ann Arbor, the relics of St. Jean de Brebeuf, who is one of the North American martyrs, coming up Sunday, March 3rd. And as Father mentioned, they will have a Mass, first of all, 7 to 8 p.m., veneration in the church, 8 to 9, student Mass, and then a presentation at 9 o'clock. Father, thanks so much. You're welcome. Thank you very much, and God bless.
You too have a great Lent to Father Kyle. And of course, more Catholic Connection coming your way on a sunny Tuesday morning. We're up to 27 degrees under clear skies. We'll be right back. Join Father John Hedges for 5 p.m. Mass at Our Lady of Fatima Shrine in Riverview, Tuesday, February 20th, the feast day of Saints Jacinta and Francisco. Receive a plenary indulgence under church guidelines. Fellowship follows the Mass. Call 313-320-7887 or visit FatimaShrineDetroit.org. That's 313-320-7887 or visit FatimaShrineDetroit.org. If you have sustained conversation with non-Catholic Christians, one of the things that always comes up is, why do you confess to a priest? Why would you go to a priest where you can go straight to God? I would say, I would say, well, look, I went to Jesus, I looked at his word, and it told me to go to a priest. (laughs) It is interesting, one of the first things you notice, right towards the end of the Gospel of John, that Jesus himself determined to forgive and retain sins through human intermediaries. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven. If you retain the sins of any, they are retained. And Jesus commissioned his apostles on earth to speak in his name, to forgive sins or retain sins, not just metaphorically, but metaphysically. Cresta in the afternoon, weekdays from 4 to 6 on Ave Maria Radio and AveMariaRadio.net. Unveiling the Covenant is the newest program from Ave Maria Radio. What is a covenant? It's a vowed exchange of lives which results in an unbreakable family bond. Throughout Scripture, God seeks to espouse all mankind to Himself in an unbreakable covenant bond. His covenantal love is a free gift, but it necessitates a response from us. We are free to accept or reject it. Let's learn what this means as we unveil the covenants. Saturday mornings at 11 and Sunday morning at 9.30 a.m. on Ave Maria Radio. Thanks so much for tuning in to Catholic Connection, a co-production of Ave Maria Radio right here in southeastern Michigan and EWTN. Looking forward to having my dear friend Chuck Gatica. Of course, well-known for his great work at WDIV as their chief meteorologist and also feature reporter. He's also done a number of other media, how do I want to say, media appearances, working a lot, doing some freelance work for NBC, retired a few years ago, and most importantly, reverted to the one holy Catholic and apostolic faith. And he's down in Birmingham, I think he either left yesterday, maybe there today, taping, I think, two episodes of At Home with Jim and Joy Pinto, a very unique discussion on what to do with the second half of your life. So there you go. We'll talk with Chuck. Dr. Matthew Bunsen will give us some background on what's happening with the German bishops. A little surprise move there. Could be a very positive thing. We'll explain all of that coming up, plus you, on a busy Tuesday morning. Thanks for tuning in to Catholic Connection.